When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, 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 all you beautiful and wonderful mixologists out there. It is your girl, Moni, and you are mixing with Moni, honey, okay? We are back. We are back. Very excited to be back with all of you listening. Um, Yeah, I did a great interview with Casey Wilson of Bitch Sesh last week. Catch up on that. Get into her. Her book is so good. So damn funny. We had a great time talking housewives and everything else. But now it's time to get back to business. Business. You know what that means? It's time to talk shit with our resident mixologist coming back into the mixer episode by episode. What are we talking about? What are we doing? What's happening on these shows? And who better <laughs> to start this off than, of course, Oh No Bravo. What? Like, duh. Okay. We definitely recorded for, you know, the Patreon and everything. And, and uh, spoiler alert, Patreon people didn't actually get a hiatus. I still did release episodes for the Patreon for like two or three episodes I released uh over there so if you are a Patreon subscriber you know that you know you were still able to get my hot takes if you're not and you are thinking about it there are some episodes from my hiatus talking about the housewives that we're currently on and as we watch them that are on Patreon as well as other stuff you know hot topics and deep dives and throwback episodes and things like of that nature with a lot of your faves but now we're back we're here we're live and Ono Bravo is here to break it down with us. I just love her because she has so many good things to say and challenge what I think, but in a way of that like makes sense. Because some people have opinions about Bravo and I'm like, that's not right. No, I'm just kidding. We're all entitled to our opinions, no matter how wrong they will be. Even me. Y'all probably think I'm wrong. You never know. But anyway, I'm excited to be back and I think it's going to be really fun and good episode trust me. We break down Potomac. Uh, we break down Salt Lake City with what's there. I reveal some hot takes that I think is in the future of the Bravo sphere. And one, unfortunately, this was recorded before we got wind of Nicki Minaj being the like host of the Potomac reunion or one of those or whatever. We knew Andy wasn't going to give up that seat, honey. But 
I did not expect them to pass up an opportunity for Nicki Minaj to be the host, vaccinated or not. So, um, and he don't miss a moment, honey, okay? He will not miss a moment. So, a moment was had. It is indeed a moment. This is like the first time ever, I think, that someone else has been even a co-host of a Housewife reunion ever, which is really crazy to think about. So, yeah, I'm excited for that, but we didn't get to talk about that. But we did get to talk Beverly Hills trailer and of the reunion and other stuff. And of course, Beverly Hills in general, y'all can hear me rant more about Erica. I know you love it. I do. Either way, really excited for you guys to get into this episode and enjoy. Have some exciting guests coming up and we're just back, baby. We're back full force and hoping for the best, okay? Hoping it lasts, hoping it sticks, hoping... This remains a good place for us, honey. No, I'm doing much better. I'm finding ways to take care of myself. In fact, I have a fantastic editor who will be thanked in the descriptions of everything from now on because I am just so lucky, so blessed. But my recording, I needed to do outside. I'm at my mom's, like I've said before, because I just needed a breaky break. Um, I missed uh, a lot of things going on in school and in life, as everybody does need. And there's water involved where my mom lives, and I just really needed to be by that. So sorry in advance, and thank you to my amazing editor for this episode for trying to make sure that the audio doesn't sound completely ridiculous with sirens and whatnot. Please forgive me up front, but that was one of the best ways to make sure I stayed calm because I was actually really nervous about coming back and getting back into the swing of things with Housewives because I take this seriously. Well, the podcast, not the housewives. And I want to make sure I'm producing something that makes sense and that is comprehensive and that is fun for people who listen. So if you spend your time listening to me, I want to make sure I take the time to actually give good content and, and say good things and things that are, you know, inviting of a discussion amongst you, your friends, your group chat. I love hearing that you guys listen in the group chat and things like that. So Anyways, long story, long-winded way of saying thank you for having me back. I'm excited to be back. And let's see where this goes, honey, okay? And first up, up next, a true place that feels like home. It is Oh No Bravo, and we are getting into these crazy, crazy ladies. All right, y'all. As promised, I am here with the one, the only, the literally most requested return guest ever. Oh no, Bravo, who is essentially just in a lot of ways the new co-host of this show. Like you have no idea how many different ways that Oh no Bravo is intertwined with the mixing with Bonnie mixer at this point. And I could not be more grateful. So here to talk all things housewives, drama, hot topics, all those things and get all of her hot takes. Welcome back. Oh, no, Bravo. Thank you so much for being here again. Well, be careful with how much you say, because I'm just one day just going to show up for the recording and be like, oh, I'm sorry. You called me a co-host. So here I am. I have arrived. Okay. Don't tell me with a good time, girl, because I actually would be like, oh, great. Sit down. <laughs> Let's do this. 
Like, I always thought, like, back in the early days, I was like, maybe, just maybe, I'll find a co-host? I don't know. Because I just was like, it's weird to talk to myself about shows that are literally about ensemble cast. Like, I would love to get more opinions in the room. Like, I recorded today with Abby from Real Moms of Bravo because Vanessa is out visiting Anthony Lario, which is like, I just love our little Bravo Aww. family. <laughs> but too. I was recording with her, and I was like, yeah, I... I really love the idea of just like talking to a bunch of different people, especially because I hate Kyle and you love Kyle. So I just want to know your thoughts. Like, what are you thinking? Like, let's gauge <laughs> your opinion on this because the Romans probably love Kyle because she's been like really favorable with them and like, they've been nice. But everything I've ever heard good about Kyle has nothing to do with her on television. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I so my, my feelings are like valid. <laughs> I thought for a second that you were saying that I love Kyle and I was like, Monty, do you oh, even no. know me? But no. no. I love the real moms of Bravo. Yeah. yeah. It's their only character flaw. <laughs> I won't be your co-host, but I could be like a bartender with the mixologist. Like I'll be the bartender on Watch yes. Live. Yes. I love that. You're like the Anna Navarro of the cheese. <laughs> I don't know why they won't give the woman this, the job. It makes zero sense. But <laughs> for anybody who's a big The View fan, I have been trying to finish this book, Ladies Who Punch for a year and eight months. <laughs> it's your very own Schitt's Creek experience. Literally. Okay. I've gotten further in Schitt's Creek than the book. That should tell you something. And what's <laughs> worse is that the book is fantastic. For those who don't know, it's the story of the view, like the actual story. So many accounts, this man did a million things of research. I think his name was like Raheem. I forget his last name. Um, and I don't want to mess it up, but it is so good the drama behind the start of this show they talk they explored the whole barbara's concept of it the rosie the elizabeth hasselbeck of it all i am only on part one and i star jones i am like riveted and i knew a lot of these things but like it makes a lot of sense they have a revolving door of Mm -hmm. co-hosts like always and they really have to make such important decisions about these things but at the same time, Anna Navarro has been the guest host for like four years now. So they might as well just give her the spot. And I know that's exactly what the mixologists are yelling about. Oh, no, Bravo. Just give it to her. Stop <laughs> Anna Navarro and her girl. See, The View is a pop culture blind spot for me. I'm just not a View person. It's like, obviously, like it it comes into my radar every once in a while. But mm-hmm. after this most recent COVID positive, not COVID positive, oh, false positive situation Woo, I was watching was Prima Donald on Instagram did like a whole breakdown yes. of it and made it like a Greek it was beautiful satire drama masterpiece I was like give this man an Emmy because I just sat there and watched it and I was like I feel like now am I a fan of the view do I know things now yeah no honestly that was the wildest thing that's one of the most like the sloppiest tricks that they've pulled like I've seen them do sloppy <laughs> things I've read about them doing sloppy things behind the scenes or like messy things but this was sloppy it just looked like you were basically saying we don't want these women to have to interrogate the vice president we just don't want to get so into you that. think it was all a publicity stunt oh a thousand million fifty percent now anna is the only conservative on the panel at this point i think they had carly fiero i'm not sure but i know anna navarro as a guest host was the only one sunny is not but she does take a lot of things very seriously particularly that week the whole haitian crisis at the border like you know this isn't a politics show we're not going to talk about politics but i feel very strongly that the reason the internet reacted so well 
to that and was like, oh, this is fun. They could poke fun at it is because it was so blatantly hmm. false. Like it was so obvious what they were doing. All of a sudden the vice president has to be far away. So like if she didn't like anything that was being asked, they could cut it even though she was in the studio, quote unquote. And I get it. But like at the same time, girl, we watch Housewives every week. We know when things are being pulled <laughs> This was the us. equivalent of them saying bravo, bravo, effing bravo. Yes. Literally yeah. COVID is the new bravo, bravo, effing bravo. Like, that's exactly what happened. They were like, oh, no, we don't like it. We're going to pull it. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. It's live TV. Much like how we treat Housewives, even though it's like the least live TV ever. But we're still like, you can't not show us this. Leading me into my first question, what were your thoughts about this reunion trailer? Because I, for one, actually was excited that Andy was giving Erica the business and lighting her ass up like some oil on a grease fire. Like, just go ahead, roast her. Like, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. I am cautiously optimistic. That's been my stance throughout this entire season. This Mm -hmm. season has given me more than I could have ever anticipated or expected. I am thoroughly satisfied with the season and like all of really? the okay. that we had answered and the fact that like Erica did despite making herself look so guilty bad, she did answer bad. questions and she did talk about it so I am hopeful that mm-hmm. she's gonna like double down on that narcissistic behavior and just yes. go for it in the reunion I always am worried with trailer previews and I hope that they didn't do some shady shit with the editing of that trailer of like making it seem like Andy's asking these like rapid fire questions where perhaps those are like maybe the only questions the only hard-hitting questions he's asked but Mm -hmm. it did seem like she was frazzled and it did seem like he was at least asking questions we want him to ask so I'm I'm hopeful. And I do think that Erica might just be delusional enough to answer them. I think she's delusional enough for sure, because she went. And I know that that is like, but Monty, he wanted her to go. And, and but like, that's the point. She's supposed to go. Otherwise she can't get, can't get paid. She's a dumbass for going. I'm 100%. sorry. Like, she's I, a dumbass for filming this season. A hundred percent. But like, at least with the whole filming of the season, They have let her tell her own story, whether we like it or not, no matter what. They have let her do whatever she wanted and give narratives that make zero sense at all times. The smartest thing to do would have been to Adrian Maloof and Vanderpump and peace the fuck out. Do not come today. I don't care how much you need the money. You basically go full on like bad girls club publicity tour and you go do the worst clubs you get very low pay but you just do them all and that's it that's how you get your money you don't have to talk going to this reunion was a dumb idea like it just was i'm a very excited for her dumb idea i think that we're gonna all benefit well from her dumb idea andy telling her i know how much you make i want is my new ringtone what do we think I think it could work. <laughs> yeah, that's literally like me in high school and college whenever I would overdraft my account and my dad would call me and be like, um, I know how much you make and that's $0. Please stop swiping this credit card. <laughs> it's just so interesting. And I do think she has like primed us for the Jen Shaw of it all. I think I said this on your Patreon when I came on of like, mm-hmm. I feel like we as viewers have been preparing for like the main event. This was the warm-up show and we're getting to the headliner with Jen Shaw. I just can't believe that Erica 
did this. Mm. I don't know what she was trying to do, except for, I guess, get a check. But for me, like, you know, I am a sucker for Bravo editing. I went into it, the mascara tears when the news first broke. I was like, oh, poor oh, boy. Like, she's really going through it. <laughs> oh, that poor gal. But like, even me by the end, I, I couldn't even pretend. Yeah. I'm still of the mind that I don't think she knew all of it. And I don't think that for the majority of their marriage, she was aware. But like the thing is, she's aware now and mm-hmm. still, I mean, today on her Instagram, she was comparing herself literally to Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's like, you can't make this shit up of like the level oh. of delusion and the cognitive dissonance of like, but can we at least acknowledge the victims? The caption of her posting the reunion trailer was the champ is here, me. As if that trailer somehow made her look strong. I was like, it literally made you look guilty very dangerously guilty when that man asked her did you ever ask him and she had to think she was like oh my god if i say yes i could go to jail like she jail like the porky pig of the like yes yes and she was like but if i say no he's gonna be like why the hell not like you know like that's that's what i said he knows how much you make. And I've asked this question on my podcast before. Are we to believe that he just never let her see her finances? Like, what is this understanding that, like, she doesn't know how to work money? He just always gave me cash of your own money. Like, that's what I'm saying. Are you generating zero dollars? Are you in that much debt? Was he using your money? Like, the story doesn't make any sense for you to have known absolutely nothing or even a little bit of nothing because you always know when your money comes into your account. And then Annie raised a question that I wasn't even asking. You say he's doing all this cheating, but he gives you the $20 million. So who wins? The mistresses or the wife? To me, the wife won. I'd be like, oh, bitches, <laughs> go ahead. I'm spending this while he's over there with you. I'm on yeah, duty. For $20 million, I might be able to look the other way. Dr. Bond, if you might, have $20 million, dollars, like, I'm the most you know jealous what? person I've ever known. <laughs> I swear I'm nuts. But for $20 million, I'd be like, yeah, I'm yeah. my phone off. <laughs> I think the issue with Erica is that it's a couple of issues all at one. Number one, we know that she is not somebody that is very comfortable sitting with her emotions and like being able to express herself and express her true feelings. We know this from day one, like we called her an ice queen. For her, it's like all of her emotions come out as this like cold, blind rage. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't translate well when you're going through a tough time about like literal plane crash victims. I think also she had her lawyers telling her what she could and could not be talking about, which adds a level of like, feeling like you have to navigate this line of like how you express yourself. And then I do think there's this weird like protective layer that she puts on kind of like Lisa Rinna does, but just in a different way of like, she almost puts on this persona of this reality star. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I realized in this most recent episode is she only uses that weird vocal fry villain voice. When she's lying. When she's, or when she's just like dropping information, like she's sitting there with Kyle playing pickleball, like, oh, I love pickleball. And then she's like, and by the way, Tom's house is being stolen. It's like, what are you, like, I'm so confused. Well, you know, the car rolled three times, you know, my son had to go help him and it was snowing and he rolled three times and 
Yeah, yeah, I'm going through a lot. Well, you know, my son was the one that he got off work early and then he came and helped me and we took out a safari tour and we went to the wild <laughs> animal kingdom and there was Tom floating with the monkeys. And it's like, Erica, what the fuck are you saying? Like, what are you even talking about? Like, I don't care what happens to her after this. I don't care if she knew or didn't know. She knows now and her performance still at the reunion is all about her. Like, Crystal's like, but where is your anger for him? And she's like, am I angry enough for you now? I'm like, no, because you're yelling at her. You're mad at the women and Andy. You need to be mad at that man for being a thief if you didn't know he was a thief. I know everybody, quote unquote, grieves differently. But like, I don't grieve in a $10,000 a month um, house. Uh, with a Range Rover. I would love to creep that way. Would love to. Yeah, this but. house that she's presenting as this like little shack on a mountain is like my Girl. literal dream home. Like yeah. I will work my entire life to try to get a cabana like the one she has in her my, backyard. The, her Range Rover is my dream mom car. <laughs> like, I always wanted a mom car of a Range Rover literally because I've said this before, my favorite book growing up was The Click and Massey Block, the lead click girl, rode to school in a nice Range Rover with the refrigerator in the back seat for all of her iced lattes. And I really wanted that. <laughs> I said that will be make me the best mom ever. If well, I had a ask for my receive. kids, and so it and is. And a little refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like Erica, grind me a river, but also she's still just mad at the wrong people, and I don't understand yes. how you can know this now and make us believe that you aren't like horrified that he could have done this. She's still. Somebody reminded me of this today in my DMs. She still, after all of this, petitioned the court that if he does get any money, it should go to her first. Mm-hmm. Like that, she doesn't care that he is this man. Again, her thing is that like, we should excuse all of this because he had dementia for the last five years, allegedly. And that somehow excuses what he did for the last 30 years. But like, you also left him when he got sick so I'm just very confused like what where and she keeps she said where am I going I'm like where are you where did you go now where did you go it's literally (laughs) wild how dumb her argument is it's like you had all of the opportunity to have any other argument but you're doubling down in saying that you only left the man not because you heard of these lawsuits not because you were questioning like holy shit who have I been sleeping next to all these years but your defense is that he started deteriorating so rapidly and he was mean to you because of his cognitive decline so you like skedaddled out of there like that objectively makes you look like a dick like I would definitely understand if you said you know what There's been lawsuits in the past. They always went away. He always told me, don't worry about it. People are just coming after us. We're good. But when this one didn't go away, I started asking questions. He wouldn't answer them. And so I just had to get out. I hope to God it's not true, but I can't be married to a man that I am not certain isn't this monster. So I had to excuse myself from the situation because I can't be associated with that. And I can't be in a relationship with someone that I don't hundred percent trust. Like imagine if that had been her argument, she's not saying he did anything. She's not saying that she was a part of it, but just saying, I heard about this stuff and I couldn't not say it was true so I had to get out of there but instead she's like no 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 it wasn't the lawsuits it was the fact that this old man that I married started to like not be able to think clearly so I just got out of there I just I'm excited for this reunion because I had heard that it was going to be good that he grilled her for like almost two hours but at the same time I'm at least so ready for the whole Erica of it all to like dissipate and then really realize what we have there because I think it starts with the removal of to unpopular opinion 
think mm-hmm. she needs to go soon. I don't think she does anything to me. I think she's the new Teddy. Like, as there was nothing there between her and, and even Renna. Renna's ending notes, which we can get to in the second how this finale did not wow me. But, like, her ending notes were about her daughter. Amelia. Yeah. It's so crazy. Like, tell me you never have a storyline without telling me you never have a storyline. Right. And, and, you know, plenty of people have been like, why do you think that Rena stuck beside Erica so much as if like that would matter? I think Rena is nothing if not smart and knows how to do good TV. And she can easily say that I was terrible to Denise and now I'm loyal to this one. And so, what? If you don't like me for the loyalty, then what is it? But I honestly think it's because she knows that they're going to make sure Erica films every scene. Mm-hmm. She knows Erica has to film every scene. They're going to make sure of that. But Erica won't want to film with people that she doesn't think are believing her if you didn't know how she treated Sutton. If Lisa is loyal to her, guess what happens? They get to meet up and have a private sit down before the reunion and yeah. that part gets put into the trailer and no yeah. one else's. So yeah. talk about extra scenes, getting paid per scene. Rena knows that if Erica trusts her to be in the room, she never has to not be on film. And so who cares if she has a storyline? She's getting that check. Yeah. And I've been covering Beverly Hills over on my Patreon with my sister-in-law. And my sister-in-law said, you know, Rena casts herself in these roles that no one asks of her. And she has <laughs> casted herself as like the steadfast, loyal friend that's going to be there for Erica, that's going to be there no matter what. And these other bitches are turning on her, but she's the one that's like still there because she's just going to own her truth and live in this moment. And this is an unpopular take. I know that people are generally done with Rena, and I find her so hypocritical and insufferable. I want her back next season, but I want her back as a friend of. Oh, I mean, that's what, that's the energy she has. Right? Like I want her to show up, be messy, get shit started, stir the pot, but like she clearly doesn't have a storyline. So don't even make us pretend that she has one. Like, like you said, her closing credits were literally about Harry Hamlin's acrylic nails and Amelia and Scott breaking up. Yeah, nothing else. There's nothing else there. Not even about her being a good friend. She still won't reach out to Denise. Like That's your storyline. Like They're still not digging into what you should dig into. And I loved your tweet about Rena saying, my relationship with Denise is nobody else's business. And you were like, yeah, kind of like Denise's relationship with Brandy was no one else's business? Question mark, question mark question mark like oh get them the hypocrisy it's like it is truly wild and I guess that's kind of like her personal brand at this point yeah the only regret I have from this season and I I did love Beverly Hills is I thought the finale kind of was a dud to me because we've had such a great season I know what else could they have even done but like I just felt like it fell flat and I was really excited to finally get to know Crystal's side and her family and her parents and the culture and everything. And I don't feel like I got enough of that. And that kind of, it makes me sad when I get DMs about how like Crystal didn't give anything this season, but then she'll always post. If y'all don't follow her, go do it. She always ends up posting deleted scenes that had so much to do about her. Like her birthday, they celebrated Mm -hmm. and they had like a whole thing and everyone was getting along and we saw none of it. So I know it doesn't fit the narrative, but like, and they wanted to focus on Erica, which is why I do think that they're going to do spend a lot of time on her at the reunion. But like other things happened and not from the people that we think it wasn't Dorit. It wasn't Rena. It's not even Kyle. It was, Crystal and Garcelle and Sutton Mm -hmm. and I know that they didn't do as much with editing out as with Garcelle because she's been on the show so people are already invested in her story and her kids and her family and everything 
But Crystal has scenes, y'all. Like, she had stuff happen, and it made me, it just kind of fell flat, and now, like, they're all getting along or whatever, and so the party was, like, we didn't even spend enough time on the food, the dinner. Like, I just want to, I love it when they talk about food. Like, I loved little moments, and we didn't get enough little moments. Like, there was a moment in the finale with Sutton and Kathy just filming being rich women, and that's what, (laughs) for a moment. It felt right. like we were back in old times, season one. We're just a bunch of rich old ladies. Rich. Where a $53 million house is just somewhat attainable if we just stop buying so many dresses. Yes, of course. Like just Kathy and Sutton Strack talking money. I just loved it. No yeah. one blinked an eye at $53 million. I blinked. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel like the audience was extra hard on Crystal as a first season housewife? Or do you think it's par for the course when a new housewife comes on a scene? I think it is par for the course when a new housewife comes on the scene that is against the norm. So we signed up for a show about rich white women in Beverly Hills because that is the understanding that a lot of people had of Beverly Hills. People were shocked when Shaws of Sunset first came out that A, there was one of the largest Persian communities in the country mm-hmm. and B, that they were just as wealthy and like actually live in Beverly Hills. Like they're native to LA. Like Jess, the former real housewife from the West Side used to, she's a woman who lives in LA and in Beverly Hills and is married to a Persian man. And she's like, they are everywhere and very rich. And most people don't know that you wouldn't because our understanding of the 90210 literally from like the show and everything else. And it's never really been anything other than what's normal. I think that Housewives fans have a really difficult time sometimes with change for better or worse. Like even though Garcelle was a great addition, I think she even had a really hard time her first Mm -hmm. season. She's still having a hard time. She's still telling little women that, you know, she doesn't understand like why they don't get to know her and that she feels on the outskirts and Dorit calls her a bully. So, and people don't find an issue with it. And so mm-hmm. when that happens, if you don't see like what's going on, like really there, it makes sense as to why Crystal coming on is like, oh, well, like, cause they didn't give Sutton this hard of a time. Yeah, I do think, I agree. I think that there's a lot of implicit bias happening. I think that there's a lot of like expectation of what Crystal as an Asian woman was supposed to bring to Which the screen. I don't know what it could be because I thought she was pretty damn cool to me. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but then but. I also have this issue and this is just a larger issue away from the Crystal of it all. But my issue is like, as housewives viewers, I feel like we all are so quick to these snap judgments for first season housewives. Mm -hmm. And I'm of the mind, like, you know, I have my top five, which is hundred percent cursed, but I don't bring anybody up into my top five until their second season, because I don't think we can ride for someone in their first season. And I don't think we can count somebody out in their first season. They are just learning the game. They are just learning the women. They are just learning the dynamics. They are just learning what it is to be on television. And also the editors are going to show us what they want to show us. Like I think back to New York, the editors gave Leah McSweeney like an unprecedented good edit her first season because we needed to love her with the vacuum that was created because of Bethany. And then look what happened in season two. We're like, oh wait, she is a like multifaceted person with flaws and things that aren't perfect and grief and and grief. And then people turned on her. It's like, Mm -hmm. 
with Crystal, I think that we do have a bit of PTSD from Teddy. So we see a woman come on the scene that is like the quote unquote voice of reason. And she immediately gets into it with a fan favorite Sutton. And I think that the audience was just like so quick to turn on her. And I'm like, wait, 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 let's give it a minute. Let's like, let this breathe and let's see what she brings to the table in season two, because I do think she was open. I do think she was authentic. I do think that she told us about her past. She told us about her body image issues. She told us about her family and her dad. She told us about what it means to raise children who are half white and half Chinese. Like she gave us a lot and she also gave us a lot of fun moments. So I just like, I don't know. It makes me frustrated to see this like general outcry of like, oh, she's so boring. It's like she didn't have a chance because this whole season was meant to be about Erica. Yeah, we no one stood a chance. No one stood a chance. Garcelle didn't even stand a chance. And they did try. They did. And it was still like, no, no, nobody else stood a chance. And that's why so many of them were like, you know, they kind of could phone it in. I think that if Garcelle does decide to come back, um, Crystal said on my show that when she first arrived, like Garcelle like, was so excited and hugged her and was like, oh, I'm so glad you're here. So they can yeah. kind of do this together because she really wanted Denise, obviously, to come back because that was at least a friend. I don't want this for Garcelle as much as I know everybody else does. I just, it could be like the over empathy in me and I could even be overreading it, but I've been that woman. A lot of women of color have been that woman. Like I just do not fit in no matter what I do. Like it gave me flashbacks to Tiffany in Dallas crying in her room saying she was tired because she was just like, I just don't feel like I fit in. She was like, just over it. Like no matter what she did, Brandy like would not let up on the fact that because she's uncomfortable, somehow it's Tiffany's fault that she is who she is. And so Garcelle finally breaking down like, yo, no, nobody wants to do this. This is still her workplace. Like this yourself in the mind of like imagine being like you guys have all been here at this job and I've been here for now two three years but I just don't feel like I fit in please like me sob 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 and they're like good for you thank you for sharing thank you for sharing you owned it baby like are you kidding she's been saying hey don't really feel like I fit in for a very long time so I'm just like nobody wants to do that and especially when she has a choice But do you think it would be worth her coming back if now we see, you know, they have the LA Times thing of her, Crystal and Sutton, like it does seem like they have their own little like alliance. Do you think that if she could guarantee that they could like usurp the Pinky Promise posse, it would be worth it for her? Or you just (laughs) want her to like go off, do the real thrive, succeed and like be done with all these bitches? You know, because I don't speak for all of us because you know i back in the in you the don't from, no <laughs> wait what you thought this for listening to one person <laughs> tell his opinion that you were just like absolved of doing your own research no of course not but like for instance me and sasha fell on two opposite ends of the spectrum of the whole kitchen comment last season mm-hmm. with sutton and that was common for a lot of us i understood it but it didn't hit me the same way it did someone who might have gotten comments about their hair before mm-hmm. like as often as someone else may have than, than, than me so i can't speak for garcelle but for me like for even a check i don't want to go through that kind of psychological like like situation it just sucks like it there's no other way to describe it other than it sucks it's like you go into a room and you already know it's just you and you're just like 
It's like walking into a room full of, for women, walking into a room full of all men, like literally all men in a literal boys club, like a boys club. And you're just like told, you now have to be on this team with them. You must work in tandem with them to produce the same product. They've been a band of brothers for about four years. And here you are. Come mm-hmm. on in, girl. And show them that you're equal to them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, what name? Show me a woman who's doing that's easy. Like, they're just going to respect me off the bat. Like, there's almost nothing you can do. It's like an unpenetrable, like, situation. So it's like, who wants to go through that? Not when you have other options. But if it's worth it for her to have her friends there and have, like, a little like a little group, that three against that four can make it happen. And who knows? Erica might be in jail next year. It might be three against her. <laughs> I'm really into that. I like those odds. And if it's, if she's down with it, I'm down with it because she's absolutely gorgeous. She's great for me to look at. I love her. Mm-hmm. I think she's amazing, has good style. And she's, she's like really real. But at the same time, if she was like, I got to go, I, I'm peacing out. I'd be like, good for you. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was stressed. Like <laughs> She is, and you know, cancel clear because I know that my top five is cursed as I previously mentioned, but she's oh, in my yeah. top five after this season for me because her ability, like she leaves Lisa Rinna shaking in her boots. And I love that Garcelle was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm too direct. Okay, I got it. I understand the assignment. I'm just going to speak white woman passive aggression and you can't say shit to me. And that's what Mm -hmm. she did the whole second half of the season of just like (laughs) these little tiny digs. And the women truly like had to laugh along because she was like, oh no, like I'm speaking your language now. So fuck you. Truly. And so F you. (laughs) so yeah the finale was okay i did take some minimal notes on what happened as they were like leaving out their ending credits sutton finally moved out of kyle's house very late hasn't spoken with erica though they were supposed to do that kyle listed her house with farah and alexis her daughters and I was like, I heart nepotism. That's so cool. I wish I had that. <laughs> she has Kim's number now. We were really worried about that there for a while. Um, Dorit is doing ready to wear and not just very expensive couture wedding gowns with a name no one recognizes and would never pay for. Rena has no storyline outside of her daughters and Harry. Shocked again. Garcelle is back at work on the real. Yay. And she's not dating. Boo. Crystal, I want to see her leather pants again. And apparently she bought another pair. I'm very excited about that. And Erica, (laughs) she just kept lying. And that was the season, ladies and gents, and those in between. That was the season of Beverly Hills. And I was just like, okay, wow. Like, it was a good season. Like, the season was great. And I don't know what I was expecting. I could not answer that for you. But the finale was just like, okay, I guess. Yeah, I do have to say, I fully think that Doogie Richards is going to kill her performance in Halloween just based on the fact that this finale episode was truly like a psychological thriller because watching Doogie comfort Sutton in that poorly lit bathroom after she was the one who turned Erica against oh, Sutton. I like saying, why do these women keep trusting Kyle? It she was is so horrifying. Lame. It was horrifying. She <laughs> was the one. It up. 
she was the one she's always the one that's the thing about doogie she is always the one like they were fine they both were like faking it but it was like a mutual understanding that they have done their fake apologies and they're just gonna like ride it out and let the storyline be done and it was doogie that told erica that sutton was still talking shit and then doogie's the one chasing sutton into the bathroom being like that was like so weird i don't know why she turned on you like that it's like because of you Sutton had just finished being like at the table, Kyle, what are you getting at? What are you insinuating? And then five minutes later, it was like bearing her soul to her. Like, I don't understand why she, I'm just like, are you kidding? Like Kyle is, her and Kathy deserve to be rich. They are very good squid gamers for those who are watching squid game. And I hate to be left out of a movement. So I did watch and I really <laughs> did hate being left out of a movement. As I'm literally pushing my way through Shit's Creek just because I got to get to the end. I cannot be the only person who's not watched the show. So <laughs> unimportant rant. Like they are both such manipulators of a scene. Kathy literally was the Thomasina of it all. Like, a few mm-hmm. episodes Sniper ago from the side and Kyle is like hey something's bothering you I can see it in your eyes and then it's like Erica are you not like still mad at Sutton <laughs> remember when you were mad at her like last week talk about it and so that's what happened Beverly Hills I bid you would do I wish one day we could just roast Kyle next but you know whatever it's fine the girls love her and that's fine as a producer I think she's fantastic she's a very good Mariah Huff Candy Burris type of situation happening and i am very grateful to her for those things but other than that i don't care (laughs) and i would love to see who they have next but i know that this is probably the best that we're going to get as far as casting goes Mm -hmm. and it's what leads me to my very insane hot take i think we're coming to the end of housewives (gasps) what Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I was recording with Abby today because I said this on her Patreon. She made a statement that Andy once famously told Tamara, allegedly, that we know we're in trouble when we do an All-Stars and we're doing Mm. two at one time. Yeah. He said that means we don't have anything left. There is no more people. We can't milk any more fillies. We have milked it all. I don't think there's any other testy. I think the formula hasn't changed and evolved with the audiences so the people that they need to stay up and watch it at 10 o'clock at night aren't doing it and I just think that it's not meshing for them anymore I listen to so many podcasts that have nothing to do with Bravo when they casually bring up these shows and they're just so uninterested to hear them be like oh yeah something about somebody did fraud over there like they're over it like they're just over it and they all have a good big falling point Phaedra and the rape thing, racism. Like they all have some real good reason. And even Dorinda with the turkey baster comment. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're at the end. I don't think that they can do anything else. I think that they can't 
play both sides and eventually they're going to have to choose. Do they get rid of the very problematic faves, even though they're faves, they are awful and you start over? Or do they just get rid of the whole city? But canceling the New York reunion, to me, it was a big sign. That's a red mm. flag because New York has legendary reunions. I sometimes just watch the reunions of a season and don't even watch the whole season again. This feels like we're at the end. Though I had heard that they are allegedly trying to film Orlando. Who's watching that? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no shade to Orlando. I'm sure you're lovely people. But I also know that once upon a time, they tried to do West Palm Beach and that just flopped. But they keep flopping it because the formula that they're looking for, I don't think it exists anymore. And I think that's fine, but they don't really know how to pivot. And they right. need to pivot. I think that, and I don't know if it's Bravo or NBC or just like corporate America in general, but I do think that they pander and they do try to ride the fence of like catering to both sides. So they're like, mm -hmm. oh, well, we'll keep Ramona and she's allowed to do whatever the fuck she wants without any accountability. But don't worry because we're throwing one woman of color on the cast too. Certainly that will be fine. And so they're not like preparing themselves. They do that whole like movement, not a moment thing, but then they they literally see Ramona's behavior during Roni this season. And then as you pointed out, cast her for all stars. Like they mm -hmm. truly don't give a shit and it's hard. It's like the house of cards is tumbling and we are seeing the man behind the curtain. And it's very clear that it's all just bullshit. Oh yeah. It's, it's like, like, Oz. it's like, Oh, you're just a little man. Like it's just not <laughs> hitting the way it's supposed to hit. And that's even true for like me watching it. These are the shows I love. I find myself, if I miss one episode, I don't go back. I don't care. I will watch for when I record or something. And now I don't even have to finish episodes to talk about them because it's just so formulaic now. And it's just so repetitive. I it was excited for Salt Lake City to a point, but I'm just like, this is not destination television for me. Even and no, we're just talking about like, oh, it's only been a few episodes. So I'm just questioning. And I want to know what you think. When are we supposed to expect this big bomb drop? Because, and what did they have before they knew Jim was a criminal? Like, because what were we filming about? I'm just like, so what was going to happen before Brooks. that happened? Brooks and Mary Putin. That's holy shit. That's what and we the catering had. gate and the catering gate. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I still feel like Bravo is can't miss television for me, but. It comes with, and I don't know if this just comes with like having a Bravo account or, you know, listening to podcasts. I've had to like take a step back from the fandom because I do think there is this like level of toxicity with Bravo fans, especially with shows like Potomac, where mm -hmm. it doesn't make it fun for me when it gets to a point of like... I don't want to feel like it's a chore or like dread to watch mm -hmm. an episode. And I think that that's what I'm enjoying about Salt Lake City is we don't really have these like established feuds yet. And also up until this point, like we know that Jen Shaw is trash, but none of the women have publicly done anything super horrific. So right. it still is lighthearted and fun for me to watch. And like I'm laughing along as Mary is silencing a room to poot and like i am very interested in catering gate like i find salt lake city to be like a nice reprieve because at least it's still new and shiny yes i will say i'm though i'm bored i'm like what are we doing the whole season because i can't take much more of the whole you know meredith and jen of it all 
I also do think that this season would be more fun if we didn't have so many other big things happening, like plane crash victims and the elderly being scammed um, and racism in New York. Like, There's just a lot happening that's really focused Mm -hmm. on. But I also think that if they didn't have so much social media, I'd be happier. I think that yes. we really should put them on gag orders while they while the shows 100%. are hundred percent because, because it's not fun to watch a feud that's about liking a, a post. It's not fun. But okay, also they already one. disproved the catering thing. Right. I wish they would have just given both of their sides on a Bravo TV blog or something and then brought the physical receipts and their Blackberries like to the couch at the reunion. <laughs> but like, oh, I have the text messages from her. And then they hand the phone to Andy and he goes, she did say you could still do the part. Like he has to read them her- himself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I have the messages. Like that used to be such a big reveal. Yeah. That was such a big thing. And now they've already disproved it. Like they've already done it. Like the caterers spoke out, at least spoke out. And I get it. They're like defending themselves. But now I'm like, so what are we going to do? Bring this back up in 13 weeks? Like, I'm not going to care. Right. I wish it would go back to the blogs, like bring back the blogs. But I also wish that, yeah, they were on a gag order or they could only talk in real time about what was going on. So they could talk Mm -hmm. about like how it felt for Lisa to be confronted by her long best friend, over this, which can we talk about the fact that Angie understands the assignment? This woman did not even get a full snowflake or ice <laughs> luge or whatever they hold. She is a friend of, and she's like, Thank you, Lisa Barlow, for being my friend of more than a decade. I am here to destroy your life in hopes that I will have a full time position next year. Please and thank you. Oh, she moved quick. Like, I thought Ascala <laughs> was good for like coming in with Robin and being uh, like, yes. I'm actually here as an independent thinker. And I'm would love to actually just field some questions um can i just ask why did you do that and why are you doing this like i'm like oh yes girl get in there get in the mix like i love a housewife or a friend of who's independent of the person who brings them in because we all know they're rarely ever real like right like real friend of like, you that's know I mean? actually like, really like one of my ones. favorite things of like the convoluted stories they tell of like oh, well, we were taking a yoga class and then she hit my car in the parking lot. So we exchanged numbers and now she's going to come on our girls trip. I mean, because I'm sorry, Bravo doesn't work like that, boo. And if you've <laughs> ever thought that they were like, like genuinely friends, I remind you, Teddy told Bravo about Crystal, who's here now and who is not. Mm-hmm. Bronwyn told Bravo about Noella, who's here now and who's not. <laughs> Just saying, when Bravo really knows you have a friend, they just swap you out. <laughs> the moral of the story is if you ever get cast, Bravo, say that you have absolutely no real life friends. Yes, I have zero friends because like, and look what happens. The moment you get a real friend on the show, Angie and Lisa, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take that spot. Thanks, though. And it's like, oh, oh, she came to play. Like instantly, she's in. <laughs> she's like having dinner with Whitney like the same day she's like I'm gonna go straight to who you're you're messing with right now and I'm gonna have a dinner with her that is who you're going to hang out with and let Whitney basically poison her mind like she knows what she's doing like she's not an idiot Mm -hmm. so I was just like oh and I mean shout out to her for being like uh Bravo's dirty little secret we never even knew she was coming I know I think that's really cool 
like, oh, that's what I'm saying. It did feel a little bit like we're back in the old days of Bravo again. But then they get on social media and it like all goes away. Like it's just yeah. like a disappear effect. Because I like that I never used to know who was even on the show. I remember being in my like college dorm or even at home and seeing Beverly Hills like a trailer, like a big rolled out like premiere commercial teaser thing. Like they would get out of a car or something, be like, wait, in Beverly Hills, blah, blah, blah. Like it would be something like really dramatic. And I'd be like, oh, wait, they're coming back. Like I didn't even know. Had right. no it's like clue. coming back next Thursday. It's like, wait, yes, shit, next like, week. <gasps> It's like December, they're coming. Oh my God. And I'm like looking for the premiere. And then the show starts thinking, oh my God, so-and-so's back. Oh yeah. Like I used to get goosebumps. Now we know as soon as they hold that apple from the green screen, oh, you're going to be on there. Oh, we see them filming at the, oh, we know exactly what it is. Rumored, they're following each other on Instagram. They're going to be filming together. Like now it's just like, And wow. I do think there's something to be said of, of treating housewives like they treat the bachelor now i'm not in bachelor nation because i, I know am. that i would love it and i just like Deeply. i cannot add another can thing we to just my get plate. you into bachelor in paradise because you don't need to be connected you I don't know. need to Everyone tether yourself this. it I is just... basically just love island it's before love island like, it's basically just the original love island but like worse because they're forced to get it's just so many America. hours a week Monty. isn't it like multiple days yeah but week? i just watched once no this season it was, it started off two times a week and then it just like halfway but how through because long they are ran the out episodes? of Like seven hours? Okay, no. Yeah, how many? Hulu, Hulu with no ads, it is like an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> For the finale. I'm just kidding. For the finale. The rest of the weeks is like an hour. Okay. Change, I will like. think about Bachelor in Paradise. But what I was saying was that with Bachelor Nation, there's this like understanding of the fandom of spoilers there are the people that want to know the spoilers and there are the people that don't and I feel like there's like this etiquette online of bachelor nation of like yes. if you are somebody that wants spoilers here they are and if you're not they're always like spoilers spoilers and I think we need to start treating housewives like a few. that Mm-hmm. Sorry, Name somebody them, ruined, they Name ruined them. it for me. They were like, three couples that engaged last night. I was like, excuse me, I waited all day. I am teaching literally eight-year-old social studies right now about politics. And the only joy I had after teaching eight-year-olds about why they should care about politics. Say their name. Say <laughs> their name. No, I'm just kidding. Is literally before bachelor in paradise and they just took my joy and i was very very upset oh, but sorry, i understand but you're you're totally right there's yeah. not that level of like oh yeah they want etiquette everybody. or like there's literally and i've been guilty of it too of like oh we're like oh they're filming all stars and these people are allegedly fighting or like oh Paige and craig they're hooking up here it's like i think there should be a new formula of like there should be a Bravo account that's just about posting spoilers. And if you want to go there, you can yes. go there. You know what I mean? Yes. I know there would be I no way of like great. enforcing that, but that is part of my issue of like, sometimes I do feel, and I feel like that's been part of the issue with Beverly Hills. Sorry to jump back for the past couple of years is that we get to a point where we're watching the season and we're like, oh, but I've already seen all of this in Radar Online. So I'm not interested. Right. I've said, you know, I've said before, I think probably to you at least 3,000 times mm -hmm. is that uh, Lucy, Lucy, Apple Juicy would have worked if we didn't know about it. Absolutely. Would have totally worked. That thing would have mm -hmm. landed. And then if Lisa really, truly didn't come to the reunion, we would have been like floored. 
Right. We'd have been riveted. Like, oh my God, is she going to Every come? week we would have been like waiting. Like, okay, she has yeah. to come. There's yes. no way she doesn't show up. It would have been fantastic. It's like that first season when Adrian didn't come. Like that was like, we didn't know then. It was a shock to us all. Even Andy, like those things were great. And I just think that, you know, Beverly Hills would work better if that, if that was the case, if we didn't like constantly know everything. But with Salt Lake City, I just think that sometimes they get in their own way because they get very excited that they're having a sensational moment. And they're like, right. <laughs> a moment. And like they roll it out. Now rolled it way too long because we're still talking about it on Watch What Happens Live with Brooks as the bartender. Where I do believe no one should, he should not have been outed in that way because and it's not even technically outed because we have no idea where he stands like that is his story to tell in his time so yeah doing that and labeling and, and and doing it with like obvious like derogatory remarks tweets and things that mm-hmm. things that go into like a danger zone that I don't think we should be dabbling in it just feels like we're we're treading on thin ice there mm-hmm. and whether it was her or her social media manager or whomever, which I don't believe because the story keeps changing, you are responsible for that. So I'm like, I do fully, I'm on team Brooks here, but I'm also just like, I just love how this adorable boy is like, I will have my moment. And I will not say any words on national television. No. Mommy, mommy answer that question, please. Like, and Meredith, I kind of, I low-key, like, Stan, she is a mother of, like, a lot. I'm telling you, I have a lot to say about all of that. You guys have seen my tweet dissertation, if you have not, Ono Bravo on Twitter. But the one thing that I cannot begrudge Meredith or Seth about is, like, they are the parents I strive to one day be for my girls of, like, she's like, I don't even need to know the details. You never have to identify as anything. You don't have to tell me anything. But all I know is I'm going to have your back no matter what. Like, that Mm -hmm. is so profoundly beautiful. And I understand her rage. And I understand her just, like, going for the jugular of, like, absolutely effing not Jen Shaw or as she calls her Jennifer Shaw no this is not happening here yeah I I dig that I mean she's been doing that even still she was nuts at the you know on on Jen at that snowfall mountain thing because she was like it's just not gonna work and me I'm in my 20s and I still rely on my mom so heavily to like while I'm figuring out the world like I'm very aware that I still feel like I'm playing adult and I know that's not gonna go away forever but the one thing you know is like your parents like have your back they're supposed Mm -hmm. to like no matter how old you are they ride for you. And that is something that I would want to do too. So if one of my mom's friends had said something about me, especially me and knowing that I, like, I'm i in the LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. community. So if my mom, one of her friends had said something, it's a wrap. I know that. My mom is that woman. Like she absolutely will be like, Erica, did you want to get slapped in the mouth? Like I'm confused. Like it is a non-factor when it comes to me. And I have my own apartment and a degree and a job and a fiance. And my mom is like, I will literally go to war and go to jail over my child. <laughs> Don't play with me. So yeah. she's like, look, and when I talk about marriage, she goes, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like she thinks that it is, she didn't see the problem at all. Like, yes, no. Brooks is like trying to play, but Jen's also saying that there's this, like that he did something. He didn't do anything. He just said, I saw her vagina. And she's like, okay, so guess what? war now i know something that really bugs you and something that we can definitely because this episode it, it became even more profound and we can move on from salt lake city heather will not let her abuser go and her abuser is jennifer okay. shaw 
And I say abuser, I know I don't, I don't want to use the term lightly, but when someone is calling you names that are related to your appearance and or your stature or anything like physical, it causes me pause because it's a trigger. Like that's for a lot of people, but also friends don't do that. That's rude, very bad and mean. And she called you Shrek and other things. And you're like, riding harder for her now than you ever did before and i'm just so confused why she won't let this go whitney is at her wit's end and i know you are too why won't heather let this girl out of her system it's that whole perks of being a wallflower quote of you accept the love you think you deserve because it is Mm. so absolutely frustrating to watch because the thing that we all love about Heather is that she is so relatable and she feels like she is like a person of the people and that we could be friends with her and that we could just Mm -hmm. like sit next to her on the couch and binge watch Bravo together. But the flip side of that is because she's so relatable. I think a lot of us, myself included, like see ourselves in her and see past relationships and dynamics that we've been in. And it just like makes me want to shake her because I'm like, Jen is so not worthy of Heather's friendship. And I think that it's just so telling of where like Heather is in her life. Like, yes, she's gotten out of the church and she's finding herself and she's like coming to her own, but she's still like falling back on these dynamics of being in these relationships that are not deserving of her and I think that speaks to like how she sees herself of like what she feels Mm -hmm. like she's worthy of because Jen is a monster to her she's terrible and she gaslights her like crazy and I think that something about it is a Stockholm thing or it's like something that feels familiar and comfortable to her but I just want better for that woman because it's causing her to not be as relatable that now she's like riding even harder for her now knowing what she is and who she is this was a great time to get out. But like, this was the a Erica perfect line. excuse. A this perfect excuse. Yeah. But this was the whole Erica excuse of like, he was so mean to me. She was so mean to me. Of course, he did that to those elderly people, allegedly. <laughs> but of course, it makes sense. I thought her business was shady. She was mean to me. Mm, not surprised. Like, this would have been perfect. It's like literally laid out in front of her on a silver platter. She's like, no, I will take the double cheeseburger. Like, I know it tastes good for you, <laughs> but girl, it's so bad for you so so bad though I want one right now and it's like I'm dreading what I know is going to happen based on what we see of her on watch what happens live just straight up being like oh it doesn't matter I always knew she was a crook but oh god girl you want to be called onto the stand I (laughs) I imagine that the feds are called people turn on Jen rightfully so because they're like holy shit wait a second who is our cast member and I imagine that Heather takes that as her opportunity to be like but see Jen I'm here for you I'm the one I'm still loyal I'm still here and it's like Mm -hmm. oh like this is truly the perfect time to be like oh wow you're not who I thought you were goodbye let me go rise to supreme and be the MVP of this show that I have like accidentally fallen into because I'm wondering. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Wonderful. 
Like, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, Heather, let it go. You and Rena, let it go. You pick the wrong side and you know it and they're going to lose. Like, so what do you have left? Nothing. Like, when they go to jail, what do you have? I don't know. But a lot of crooks happening over there on the Bravo. Maybe that's why I'm so tired. I'm like, what are you doing? Playing Law and Order? Am I watching Housewives? Like, it's like a little bit of both. Um, But an area that is not nearly so crooky. Uh, would be the wonderful world of Potomac. And I'd love to end us there. I really would. I think it'd be fun. The editors need an Emmy. Every episode is so good. So good. They really do a great job. And something happened to me something happened to me. Oh no, bravo. And it was wild when I realized half the cast was gone. The A cast is usually what I call them. That is literally your Giselle and Robin. Yes, Robin too, because the Grand Eye Bandits as a, as a group is a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and separately, you know, Giselle, but together, whew, bad. Karen and Ashley, half of them were not there most of the episode if not all of the episode Mm -hmm. and I didn't even notice not saying I want them gone but saying that the other women held it down so well that when they were on their way I was like oh wait so what are we about to be in store for like I'm Mm -hmm. very confused whole fights and feuds and family daggers rolled out and nobody from reasonably shady podcast was even there I'm so shocked and that's the thing about Potomac is that Every single woman brings something to the franchise that is just perfect. Like, mm-hmm. this is such a great cast. And I hate to say it, but, like, I don't miss Monique. I think it was her time to go. Oh, I don't no. miss her absence. I don't feel like there's anything that's, like, left that she had to give. I feel like Mia, God lover has jumped right in the mix. I wouldn't say Mia understands the assignment. I think that she like studied for a different test, but is like Mm -hmm. somehow still passing the class. She is kind of like floundering her way into hilarity and success. But I think that all of the women, I mean, Ashley Darby showing up to cause mess weeks after having a beautiful baby boy. What dedication. Name a harder working housewife on Bravo. I'll wait. Everybody is so funny. And it's like, the quick comedic timing and the back and forth. And like, sometimes I miss something. And then I, when I rewatch it, I'm like, oh my God, like that was a hilarious line that I just like didn't even hear the first time because so much mm-hmm. is happening in every scene. It is so good. And we must start with, you know, kind of breaking it down. We're heading to the Eastern Shore. Please educate the people about how that is a nice little long trip that we're not doing like i was like really oh no and people wonder why we don't leave the area because everything's Uh so damn far like i mean you saw karen and ashley were in the car for the entire episode that was very true to how it feels to get to the eastern shore it is so far it's a totally different area code like i discovered an area code it's it's like six six seven or something and i was like what is that? What state is that? I looked up and said, Maryland. I said, no, it's not. And they were like, yes, it is. Eastern Shore. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, it's on the other side of the world. Like, literally the other side of the water. Like, that is the whole point. 
it was beautiful. And I loved the like little bit of Nodge, like rich housewife talk of being like, oh, this is a lovely view. Yeah, because you guys have a lake house, right? Yeah, we have a lake house but on the other side of the lake. Like we don't have this good of a view. Like, yes, let's just like talk about how shitty our lake houses are <laughs> and how mine is better than yours, even though mine's a rental. But like, let me shade on you. Like, it's so good. And then let's all take shots together. Like, ooh, Daddy G. Ooh. <laughs> I was mesmerized Mm -hmm. but even more so I think it was very telling and oddly beautiful that Mia was like oh yeah he's fine like this is fine this was not like out of the norm for them clearly like she's like (laughs) oh no this is like vacation G this is fine which I'm like on one hand I'm like that's beautiful like you're not controlling him you're not trying to change the man you just love him for who he is the other part of me was like if that was Dr. Bald on national television I would be like get your shit together yeah, but wouldn't that require Loki her to have that stake in their relationship? <laughs> There'd be an equalness there. To be honest, what I feel about Mia is what I think Erica is trying to sell us about her. That there was a power dynamic there, a savior complex there. Like he brought me out or saved me or whatever and brought me into this world of goodness. And now I can't stand up to him because he's done all this for me. Like what Candace was alleging about like, like a daddy gap there that Ashley even did too. I'm seeing with Mia. I actually think Mia and Ashley have that in common. Like they both feel like they were like rescued or something in a sense. And they're just not pushing back the way they deserve to push back because they don't feel like they're equals in their relationship. But see, I think that was total projection. I don't know. I don't get that vibe. And maybe oh, I'm it's just like, projection. I don't know. Like I truly, and maybe this is just like me being naive. I felt like Mia and G are kind of like equals. And the fact when he said, like, I don't get many opportunities to tell you to shut the F up. Like, I didn't take that as him telling her to shut the F up. I took that as him being like, I never get to do this because you're always okay. the one telling me to do this. Like, I just bought you a car because I'm and wasted. And performed it for absolutely everybody. Like, hey, look, I'm buying her a car. Watch this. Watch this. I'm buying her a car. In a weird way, I felt like they are really comfortable with each other and the fact that like she wasn't embarrassed or mortified or like making excuses for him she was just kind of like oh yeah like this is how he is on vacation welcome to the party welcome to the show yes he's gonna bend over and fart yes he's gonna talk about going into a strip club and asking for the white women like here we are we have arrived (laughs) this is really sorry I just needed like I wish we could pay like $9.99 extra and have like a big brother live on Gordon on vacation of just like what else did this man like ramble about on vacation what else did this man say because everyone was was so uncomfortable their faces like Dre I want so much more with Dre but Dre was like mesmerized like a spouse husband about how that's a good man the men and women on this franchise are just like hands down the most attractive people on Bravo. Yeah, they're like just very good looking people because they definitely didn't marry for both money and for looks mm-hmm. <laughs> and love. I do believe Ascala and Andrea are actually very much in love. Like God bless her because she was a teacher and that, you know, that's my dream. <laughs> is to be a teacher and then marry really well and after a few years no longer have to teach but still have like the like the nourishment and the love of a teacher but like money like love that like really want that for me like very nice car very cute kids very nice little house but like love teaching but then 
loved love more and got very lucky in it like that's what I want um and becoming a housewife like Estella is living my dream I stand and has an opinion and I kind of like it she was like I know I didn't just hear you call us broke bitches like I, I don't believe you called us that and I love that she said it and Mia was like oh no I did I, like, I love oh. their dynamic because it's very clear that Mia is like, no, but I'm full-time and you're a friend of. So, cause yeah. that's happened like a couple, there's been a couple of back and forth where Mia's like, and who are you? And Ascala's like, pardon yep. me, bitch. I yeah. hope they bring Ascala full-time next year because number one, finally, a woman who has a fashion sense on Potomac. I love her. Yeah. But I also love, like you said, she came in as Robin's friend, but she is very much like, let me size up the situation and weigh in where I feel like it's right and where my voice is needed. And I appreciate that because I think a lot of times friends of come and just are like kissing the butt of the person that brought him along. No, they clearly wanted her on here on this Mm -hmm. show and in some capacity. So she felt secure in that. And I think that's awesome because I think she did a really great job. Again, I didn't even notice that the main players weren't there. I was totally fine with Wendy and G and Mia taking shots of chilled vodka. Are you a chilled vodka shot taker these days? No, I am not. I'm a tequila drinker, but I do appreciate that they at least chilled the vodka. Can I say, I love Dr. Wendy's laugh. Like when she does that like belly laugh, it makes me like giggle along, like watching. She just has that like contagious laughter. And it's been so nice to see her like kind of come into her own. You see her kind of settling into her role the second half of the season like I'm really liking I'm loving everybody that's the thing is like there really are no teams on Potomac and I know which is ironic to say because the fandom is always famously very divided but for me it's like I don't actually dislike any oh no I don't on this cast like at any moment I can be like loving somebody or rolling my eyes at them but it's just like fun it's fun to watch it's a really good show and I'm having a good time when that we have to, we have to come down to the salad fight and you know <laughs> how um, your cursed top five is um, I sometimes just watch and go, damn it. Chelsea. Like, I just, <laughs> it's so, like, I just like, I, it's because the kind of friend I am and y'all like me and Chelsea are like real life friends. So like <laughs> we, we brunch. Okay. You know, that's my love language, but like the kind of friend I am is like, I will judge and roast people for having certain likes. And uh-huh. then I will work tirelessly for like years to find that in common with them just so we can have that in common. Like I will react viscerally. You say, I don't mind Candace. Oh, why? What? What are you talking about? She's terrible. What are you saying? And every episode I go, okay, I see it. Okay. I see it here. Okay. Yes. I think I like Candace. That's why. Then I'm like, oh, God damn it. Here we go. Like, like I will say this. I realized this episode, I always agree with where Candace starts I never agree with the journey she takes to the destination. Absolutely. And I normally even agree with her destination. I just don't like how we got there. I think it's like we are in the HOV lane and it says three people and we are one person. This is not right. This is wrong. We did not follow the rules. And there's no traffic on the right side. Like I hate people who do that and there's no traffic. So what was the purpose? But Candace is like driving a boat down 495. It's like, this shouldn't even be yeah. here. Like this shouldn't even be working. How are you riding a sea vessel yeah, on the, the highway? Whole, if your mama's broke, you know, like it's just, this is I the don't thing care. about Candace. This is the thing. And yes, I'm a 
Candace apologist. Hi, my name is Chelsea Ono Bravo, and I am a Candace apologist. I always have to say, like, out of the gate, of course, I'm not okay with like the hateful, bigoted shit she says. That's like a disclaimer. It's part of being like a Candace fan is also having to like in the second breath be like, but I don't agree with her tweets or like I don't agree with what she not said. About like this. y'all are familiar. You've loved Ramona and Luann and Sonia mm-hmm. a, a decade. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Moni. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Because there is a vitriol that Candace specifically gets that I do think while warranted is not always extended to the other problematic assholes on Bravo's platform, but that's a tale for another day. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Okay. However, what I'll say about Candace is that I've never seen somebody that is so right Mm-hmm. consistently while also being so wrong like oh, yeah. she's always right in what she sizes up about the situation but the way she goes about it I can't back her because she goes so low so quick and yeah. the thing about like the yo mama joke is like the first one I'm not gonna lie I laughed about because I knew she didn't know about the situation and right I am and- a fifth grader at heart and a yo mama joke is gonna make me laugh because it's just yeah. so stupid it is but so then stupid. of course Candace like can't stop herself uh-huh. when she's in that moment and then once Dr. Wendy like told her like hey by the way maybe don't go down that road she still does it and it's like well Candace now I officially right. can't laugh at this joke because now you know better and you're still doing it right and Karen yelled at her like you don't don't you know the story about her mom she goes no like, then don't say that you don't know and I'm like y'all don't even realize that you're just adding more fuel to her because Candace is like I don't need to know I know it's a trigger and in fact I'm going to not ask or inquire any further because then I can say I knew and then I won't be able to get away with it she won't be able to say later, I didn't know the story. So I couldn't like stop myself. But you know, it's a trigger. Clearly, you've heard it now at least once. So if you know, it's a trigger, and you're still doing it it's because you know that that's their button. And I don't even believe that you believe that. Now, as a non Candace apologist, I'm going to apologize for Candace in a weird way. I think something that happens is I find myself wanting to like Candace more and more because I fight like her, not below the belt. I don't do that because I've been in therapy for a long time, but I used to. And when I was like young and angry in high school and stuff, battling a lot of undiagnosed mental health things and, and having a very like volatile household because my parents hated each other and I could feel it. And we're like, I would just hope these people get divorced. Like um, they did though. I'm fine. Thank you. But (laughs) um, I used to fight like that because I'm also, and this sounds like such an excuse, but just follow me people. Candace and I are both also very short, insanely short. I like that you started going into this and there's a siren in the background, like, stop it. You're defending her. Stop it. (laughs) They're literally telling me to stop. Please don't do it anymore. I'm sorry. I'm in the middle of the city. I'm in Baltimore. I'm right in front of Mia's old house. She didn't move probably because I stalked her. I don't know. I don't. I've never seen her in public. I've never stalked her. But maybe that's why she moved to one of the suburbs or something. But Candace and I are both very short. And with that is that we come from thinking that no one is going to take us seriously because they genuinely don't. Like, you don't know, well, not you specifically, but if you're not a short, short person, you have to imagine what it feels like to actually hear in your adult years, oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. Like, a lot. (laughs) Like, you don't literally get seen. You don't get seen. So, When you don't get seen, you feel like you have to do extra to be heard. 
and make your stature known, like to make your bark as big as your, or your bite as big as your bark or whatever. Like you feel like you have to kind of measure up to that personality. Like my personality has always been very tall, but Candace is like an inch taller than me. I think she's like five foot or five one. I'm not, I'm four, ten and a half. And you just always feel like you're on the defense in a weird way because people don't see you like at all. Like they just look over you, they glaze over you and they don't always take you seriously. Like I remember I used to, like listen to certain songs in college and I would be very, you know, like tough. And I was definitely very like angsty and stuff. And I, this girl like really violated my stuff in college. And it was, I've told this story before because it's the reason that I did empathize with Monique and didn't have a, a big enough issue with what happened to her or what she did to Candace is because I've been in a situation where no one takes you seriously enough after they violated you. So the only thing you can do is like fight back. Like, that's it. You have no other option at that point. And it takes you to a place like this, almost out of body. And so the way Candace fights, like, I don't, I do think she's always the instigator in almost every conversation. But that's why I said, I always agree with where she starts. This person came to her and was just her mom and was like, hey, is she paying her husband or what? Like, she over-inquired about her family life in her Mia was messy as hell about all of this. I do think there's something where, and- To be fair, there were a lot of people last year that turned on Monique because of the violence. I was somebody, I was on team the table with you skewing on the side of Candace, but also not like discounting that what it must have took for Monique to get to that place of violence. But I think a lot of times we as a society will almost be like more comfortable with someone snapping and resorting to violence, like physical violence. And we're not also taking into consideration that sometimes there are people that are not physically violent people and their go-to right. when they snap is verbally aggressive oh, violence. Yeah. And that's what Candace does. Like Candace snaps and she goes for the lowest blow, the lowest dig, the meanest thing she can think of. And she goes there and it doesn't make it right, but there is that level of like snapping. And that's where it's like, okay, but at some point you have to like figure out a different way because this isn't working. Now it is kind of working because she's on a reality show and that's like literally her job. But that's my issue with her is like, I see a lot of myself in her too, specifically how she is with Brown Dick Chris, like their dynamic does remind me of like a younger version of me and Dr. Bob before I got my own therapy and like dealt with my own things. He was the person I would take my frustration out on. And he was also the only person who could check me when I had gone too far. Like he is like my biggest supporter, but he's also still to this day, like one of the only people that can be like, Mm, pump the brakes. That's enough now because I won't accept it from anybody else. And that's where I see with Candace of like, she goes too far, but I also see like little kernels of her being able to be remorseful specifically with Brown Dick Chris. And I feel like that could like, Mm -hmm. that could be like a seed that plants and blooms and maybe in like a season or two, we can see her start to like really be able to make amends with some of the other women. But I do also think, and again, Candace apologist, but like, I do think there's this really unfair standard with her of like, sometimes it's just a housewives fight, but if Candace is involved, suddenly it becomes like a dissertation online of like why she should be fired. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, to be honest, Candace's delivery is worse. But to me, her and Karen have the same MO and people praise it with Karen. Like they do the exact same shit. What Karen, Karen 
and and Monique too, but like they're on the reunion. But Karen being like, hey, you know, that man is having babies on your left, right, center, girl. We know it. You know it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then like this season, not being able to acknowledge that like she did talk about Giselle's family in a way that was worse than what she's alleging Giselle did to her about her family. Yeah, and Karen did it in like hyperbole and poetry, but she accused Giselle of having like herpes or an STD and everyone just like clapped and cheered and nobody said like, Hey, that's stigmatizing. Like you should probably Mm -hmm. not do that. Karen, they were making gifs and gifts and celebrating and making t-shirts. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, the hot box was funny to me. I get it. I guess I said the deliveries are different. (laughs) Candace is just more angrier in her approach, but it's in a way that's like, it's not I don't ever feel like she's going to do more than just yell. You know what I mean? Like Candace, it seems she's like she's, a little yappy chihuahua. She's yeah, not going to bite you, but she's going to annoy exactly. the shit out of you. And she seems harmless. And that's the whole point. She's so small, like in so many ways. And Mia is, she commands a room. She is this striking, like 5'10", my glamazon model. And she's gorgeous and long like a larger person to Candace's small person. She just wants to measure up in a lot of ways. I don't agree with how she gets there, but I agree. Like I understand why she was angry. And when she feels like she's not being taken seriously enough, she's going to be like, okay, I'm going to get your attention. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I am. But the, t- the salad tossing, I love a salad toss, a toss salad. It's like, this will travel well. And it did. That spinach just hitting both of their bodies like that. <laughs> it's just like, this is the nonviolent violence I want. Mm-hmm. No one has to shake a table. No one has to grab a weave. No one has to choke <laughs> someone. No one has to do anything. Salad is what we can do. Mm-hmm. So I think it's best in high housewife steak situations. We should always have a bowl of greens on the table. So if the women want to get lit (laughs) and really are feeling froggy and want to jump, they just toss some salad. The new wine toss. It's an easier cleanup too. Better to production. Like no one gets in trouble. There's like no alcohol in the eyes. Like no one's hurting. Like none of that. We are just tossing some lettuce (laughs) and walking away and then tossing it back. Come get your pimp. Come get your hoe. Like it was just such a good scene. I watched it I'm ashamed to say I watched it four times. It Just so that scene. Because so when funny. she was getting into your mama is this, and she's like, okay, well, I was like, come get your hoe. Okay, come get your hoe, Jay. Like, I kind of, and he was not phased either. So now I'm kind of seeing what you're saying. He's not phased that she's like, come get your hoe. She's calling me hoe. You're my pimp. Come here, pimp. And he's just sitting on the couch drunk. Uh Uh-huh. Like, just not even phased. He's like, oh, well, this is just what happens. Like, I don't know. I've never, like, didn't know where I stood with Mia, but I kind of am digging her more. I just want to make sure her relationship is as equal as your. I hope so too, but I, I don't know. Again, it's just with Mia, I'm loving her. Like, I think she okay. thinks she's doing something, but she's doing something completely different. And I Starting kind of the love that for us. Like, I really do think that she really thinks she's doing something and she is doing something, but not at all what she thinks she's doing. And I Mm -hmm. find that just delightful. It's great. I think it's great too. And I am happy with the season as long as they're happy and they're into it. And that 70, almost 70 year old man and that young, beautiful woman is not shaming her for not being at home with their kids and instead running his business and not understanding 
that okay. a woman who there, once was in foster care and then what, uh, was a stripper, which I have no judgment for at all. In fact, the alleged strip club that Mia is going to, that used to work at, or the alleged one she worked at is where I'm going for my bachelorette party. <gasps> Just saying. Um, <laughs> and I think I told this story before. I'm like, it doesn't quite have ball gowns, but the sentiment's there. There's a restaurant. We did once have to wait for calamari. Like, they have good food. <laughs> I didn't see steak or lobster. I saw steak tacos on the menu. So maybe that counts. I don't know. But hmm. like if she had to do all of that and survive and did and made it to where she is, I'm pretty sure she'd like fight like hell to make sure she's keeping that. That's probably the hardest working person that you would ever know. So G's like, hey, come home and be with your family. She's like, you're there. I know they're taken care of because you're their daddy. And I'm going to make sure we take care of our family and our finances. That is like some of the only criticism I can give to the women of Potomac is just like the internalized misogyny of it all. And there are so many like under the breath comments and just like straight up comments that are shaming of sex work or strippers or cocktail waitressing or bartending or whatever she actually did. It's like, it doesn't actually matter. And Mia has been very, very open about her past so like why should we not believe her in what she's saying and, and now like, she's sitting at the same table as you so what difference does it exactly. make exactly and that's my issue with them of okay there are plenty of other things that you can like shade Mia for besides this yes absolutely could not agree more like I just want to make sure that they're equal and that she's happy because to me the way he was with her grant with her mother it shows me that he has a very good understanding of where she sits with this. And she was even able to course correct some of her language and was like, now I'm healing like in that moment, in that same thing. So if he's that in tune to her, to me, I'm like, then you should know why she's working so hard. Yeah. And you should understand that and know that it's not about the fact that she knows that her kids miss her, but she was a kid whose parents didn't provide for her. So she is like, in a way, I can sense that she's petrified of not being that for her kids, like yeah. them not being able to have everything they want so that they don't have to make their own oatmeal and burn themselves. Like, are you kidding? Like, she's yeah. literally, I can see it. Like, that's her mom guilt. Her mom guilt is that she's going to have to put her kids in a situation or that defense of themselves. And she's like refusing to let that happen. Like, she is like, I will move around every brochure and every yeah. chiropractic facility to make sure my kids have food on the table forever. Even like how she calls her mom, mommy. And I know some people mm-hmm. like call their parents, mommy and daddy, like their whole life. No, I get like, it. I do. The way too, that she, like the way that she says it is so mm-hmm. much like a, it's like her inner child coming out of like, she just so much you can tell is still that girl that is like looking for that love and that reassurance that she's going to be okay and safe. And I think it plays out into like her dynamics with the other women too. Like, I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times we see her almost like shape shifting scene to scene based on like what these other women expect of her or what she perceives the other women Mm -hmm. expect of her. And I think that like makes total sense given like her survival mechanism. She probably had to like learn along the way of how can I make the most of this? Because this is way more than any kid should have to deal with. Mm-hmm. I, in a weird way, I really relate to Mia. Like my mom was a, a big career woman growing up. So I was always in before care and after care and nannies and babysitters and things because my parents were working and I'm grateful. My, I got, I had a lot of, I have a very nice life and a, a good things. Like, you know, they really try to move us out of certain situations constantly mm-hmm. out of, you know, into safer neighborhoods and things like that. And really my mom tried to single-handedly turn our family around in so many ways. So I'm very grateful, but I remember 
always being sick or always being anxious and saying that if I said I was sick, they would let me stay home. And I'm like, if I say I'm sick, someone will stay with me. And no one ever did. Like they couldn't, they had to go to work. They were building their careers. So like eight year old me had an anxiety attack in the morning, didn't know what anxiety was. So thought I was just sick because I'm nauseous and everything. And I'm like, I'm sick. They thought I was like kind of faking and they didn't know any better. They did the best they could, but they would leave like, oh, she just needs to sleep it off. So I would literally curl myself in a ball. And I say that to say now as a 20 something year old woman with a career and a whole fiance in an apartment that I'm paying way too much money for. I am at my mom's place right now because I had days off of work or from remote. And I'm, I still call my mommy, mommy. And I am like, I need to go be with my mom. Like, cause now she has time for me. So yeah. I'm like, I have to spend all my time with her because she has time for me. She wants to hang out with me. And that is really great. Like, I don't care why. I just wanted to know that she wants to hang out with me and that we're always going to hang out. So all I ever do is spend time with my mom now because I didn't have her when I was a kid and I was sick and anxious. So now I just want to be with her. So I kind of get that she's healing her inner child by being a better mom to her kids, but yeah. also like she's trying to do it with her, with her mom right now. And I'm like, you can understand then why... Give her a little grace. This is a lot. Home is overwhelming for her. You don't even know what triggers lie at home. If her kids say, I need you or something, she's like literally doing what she thinks she has to do. And I just think that if we give her some grace, it'd be okay. But at the same time, I just like it when she's messy and gets in the mix and throws salad with the women. So amen. Like I just, (laughs) I love a multifaceted housewife. It's giving me Jen Aiden where the home life, totally with you out of the home damn you messy as hell girl (laughs) okay wow like and I'm into it and I hope that her g-wagon whatever it was that she was trying to tell us that he was gonna brag about I'm really happy for her and her motor vehicle collection and more (laughs) Trey I like Dre and Ascala I like him a lot I think he's really cute and I like that they are like an aesthetically appropriate couple. I'm sorry. Like they both, you know what I mean? Like yes. they look, they look like people who found each other attractive and dated and fell in love. And I am mm-hmm. into that. Like I like that for them. Mm-hmm. And like our age appropriate, you know, everything. I like yeah. them. I hope we get a full-time her next season, like you said as well. I mean, we go into the townhouse with her mom. Yeah. As Mia pointed out. I really do. Well, no, how dare you? How Mia's <laughs> social manager pointed out oh, excuse Mani. me. Are you gonna apply? oh my god you really should apply for the job of being a social media manager she is taking inquiries she sure is yeah and you know you're you're really good at social media and things like if you're not following oh no bravo it's so easy you just literally type in oh no bravo and it will all make sense to you right this second if you do that and check out those likability charts because I think you should do one for the men of the housewife franchises. Have you done that before? Am I making I this up? No, I should. I think you though. should do that. This is what I think you should make up. I'm like <laughs> the men. Cause I was like, which one? Like after an episode, like a couple's trip, which one are we feeling? I mean, it G would down. just like break the internet because good heavens. I don't even Ooh. know where I stand with that. man. I started have, off as a, ever seen a good place, the good place. <laughs> yeah. You would literally have to just draw Jeremy Barry. Like, <laughs> I think what did you do for your last like ability chart you like wrote something oh in I one made of uh, I made Giselle's line say shady yes <laughs> it was just all oh I'm sorry place, I so didn't my said. scientists did pardon exactly. me pardon it, me uh, yeah that the likability chart for the men, I would love to see if you ever have a spin I'm sorry to commission you for free just <laughs> would you please make no, this art for good. us after another like couple's trip like 
where do we stand on each man's performance? I just think we should know what the people would have to say about that. That would definitely get some, get those scientists some responses. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Gollum Darby stays in hell, so he's never even going to make the chart just like below, below, below. Well, it's a likability chart and he's not likable, so he can't be on there. (laughs) He is excluded Um, from the competition. Oh my gosh. We've come to the end and people, thank you so much for listening. Please I mean, I already told them where to find you, but just indulge the people who don't know what you're covering on the Patreon. That is epic. I'm a subscriber. You should be too. Um, what can they expect where they can find you? All of that good stuff. Yeah. So you can follow me at Ono Bravo on Instagram over on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Ono Bravo. My sister-in-law and I are covering Beverly Hills over on the main show. And then on, at the bonus level, we're doing Salt Lake City. And that's where Monty's been on. Bunch of other fan faves, Instagram accounts, podcasts come on over there and then I do a podcast called I am the cute one a nostalgia podcast with the dip and this Sunday we have Katie Maloney Schwartz coming on so check yes. that out yes that's a much better one than to promote than the one that I was on no you're on next week and it was <laughs> okay great Yay. Um, No, I had a lot of fun. I really put a lot of energy into that. I prepared for that more than I did anything else. I I feel so ashamed. I don't know why, because I did it for two people that I really enjoy. And it it was a fun episode. But boy, did I take that seriously. Whoa. Okay. So yeah, y'all please check out. I am the cute one. I love a good podcast. Take a little break from Bravo for a second and get into that because if nothing else, who wouldn't want to hear like adult cynical snark about children television from the nineties? Like so good. (laughs) That's so much fun. Like it's a good eye. So listen to that. And of course, you know where to find me on all the things mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. I am designing new merch. I literally took a vote and I think everyone voted on say it nice or put it on ice as a new merch thing that I am going to do. So that is happening, but all the other merch is there. Racism is bad for the skin is still a very popular one. And I'm very grateful, <laughs> but that one does numbers and I'm very grateful. Um, but there's a lot of merch there on T public.com slash mix with Bonnie and uh, links are in the description. Patreon, of course, I'm doing all the things, the podcast from when I wasn't recording, I recorded on Patreon. Surprise. So there's like three episodes over on the Patreon of actual podcast content um, that no one else uh, knew about. And, but I am back. So other things will be on the Patreon now, um, hot topics and uh, deep dives and old school stuff and other, other things. So go over there and check that out. Thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourselves and each other. Um, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe and stay home or at least like really socially distanced because the (laughs) girls are still nasty outside. All right. Love you. Bye. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, pop culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at mixingwithmani, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.